0: But I think we could do it for one week, right? I'm surprised somebody didn't throw something at the screen. No, <laughs> we're not doing that. So, uh, you know, maybe that's maybe that's not something that you feel like, you know, hey, I, I, it's something that I want to give up. So, But we're just asking that that uh, for that those seven days, uh, all we're just really just believing God. And so we're going to just take some time to really seek him. So if you want to join with us, you're more than welcome and find something that you can give up. Uh, we found in our house one of the, you know, we don't want. Like you know all our kids are skinny enough, and so we don't want to malnourish them and so so one of the ways that that we help our our family to engage is that we we try to start staying away from the screens you want You want your kid to to learn how to fast It's something that they enjoy to do. Man, I'll tell you what that is hard to do My kids it usually takes them three days to detox. So, it takes, so, so for the first three days, they're like having withdrawals. And then the, then the last four days, my kids are learning how to actually communicate with one another again because they really don't know how to engage with one another because they're always on their devices by themselves. And so, But it's a great time. So we're going to be having, as Pastor Joy said, we're going to have some prayer times and some different things that's going to happen during that week to kind of help you give a little boost. So, you know, just pray. See what, what you can give up. I'm telling you, anytime you fast, no matter what it is, that time that you are dedicating to God, he always, always shows up. And you always, for some reason, there's just something that that connects. When you say, God, I love you, and I'm going to sacrifice something. I don't know why that formula works. It just does. And so you want to grow a little bit? You want to get a little stronger in your faith? You want to see God do some things? Go ahead and fast. We do have um, a live event, so you can pull out your smartphone or tablet and follow right along on our Bible app, if you don't have the Bible app, I encourage you, That's one of the greatest uh, tools to have on your phone. So go to the App Store, go to the Play Store, do, uh, type in version" Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N, and look up, and it'll be the Bible app, download that thing. And then once you have that Bible app downloaded, go to a little scroll bar, it says Events on the side. Type in Vision Ministries, Vision Ministries Waterville, Vision Ministries Toledo, any of those things. You'll see there'll be two little things that'll pop up top. South Toledo, Waterville, click on the Waterville one. Boom. You know you're in the right spot when you've got the little abide graphic on the top, and you can follow right along. You guys are ready to continue our sermon series on abiding? One person, thank you very much, Aunt Margaret. <laughs> all right. So when we first, when we uh, if you I don't know if you remember last week when we were talking about abiding and there are all these different uh, what that actually means. And so we're gonna just kind of continue on uh, this abide sermon series. And so if you're taking notes, if you're not, uh, today we're gonna be talking about. We're going to be talking about three dangerous foxes, and so there's three things that kind of help. That kind of they kind of help the devil, or or they uh, keep us from abiding in Christ. And so, uh, if you got your Bible, turn it to Song of of, uh, Solomon or Song of Songs, whichever, however it's labeled in your Bible. We're going to read one verse in chapter two. We're going to read chapter two, verse 15. If you're following along, if you're following along in the notes, it'll be right there. We'll also have it on the screens in a moment. Song of Solomon we're going to read chapter 2 verse 15 When you're there say amen If you're still flipping say hold up Okay all right Good See some of you are fast Song of Solomon chapter 2 verse 15 it says it says Catch for us the foxes the little foxes that ruin the vineyards our vineyards are in bloom, okay. So, I don't know if you if you've noticed this verse is actually found in the Old Testament in the book that we don't maybe necessarily read all that often, the Song of Solomon, or the Song of Songs again, whichever, whatever, however it says it in your in your Bible. But the Song of Solomon or the Song of Songs, uh, what that is, is actually a love letter written by Solomon between a beloved and. The lover. So, so if you if you're reading this, it says I am my beloveds and he is mine, and all this other stuff. So it's so it's basically it's it's a it's a love letter written between uh, two individuals, and it gets actually quite detailed if you actually read it, where where they're like describing each other's body parts. I mean, it, it's it's you know it, for 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 a book in the Bible, it's it's pretty graphic. So. You know, I mean, hey, you know, it just goes. I mean, when you're in, when you're when you are truly in love with a person, you know, there are things about that person that you love, and so obviously, in in the book of uh, so, in the Song of Solomon, they're actually describing physical features, and so I think it's like, well, I think one of them is like the neck, like long, like like the cedars of Lebanon, and like all of these, like like so, like you're describing. They're describing stuff about. The person with things that we don't understand. So, so it, we would have to like, like a modern day equivalent. You know how it's trying to be described. Like I don't know. I, see, now I'm I'm not even going to try because because I'm not good at poetry. And and it, I would describe something and my wife would be like, what? Like no, I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean like you have like a long neck like a giraffe. I was trying to say, <laughs> that's a, a beautiful feature that you have. So, so. Obviously, it worked for them back in those days. Um, I'm not going try to try to modern-day equivalent it because somebody would be like, yep, that's, that's a meme right there. Boom. Look what he said. Yep. <laughs> so, friends, mo- uh, traditionally, most scholars believe that that book, just like uh, we heard from Aunt Margaret uh, earlier today where she was reading out of the book of Isaiah, and she and hundreds of years ago, it was talking about Jesus before Jesus even existed. Most scholars believe that actually that this whole book, that what it is, it's a metaphor of the love that Jesus has for his church, and the and the love the church should have for Jesus. So so it's kind of like symbolic of God's love with us. So so and that's that's what I believe when I read that that it's actually a love letter written from God to his people, and so. Anybody here back in your day when you used to date, you had, like, that favorite song? Did anybody here, like, have, like, oh, that's our song? And every time you would hear it on the radio, you kind of, like, nudge them or, like, this is our song, baby. You, you, anybody here ever have a song? So we only have one, love, one set of lovebirds that have a song. Oh, you guys had a song? You have a song? You have a song? Anybody here? No, you don't? Lindsey had a song? Who in here is willing to share what their song was? <laughs> You're gonna sing your song. What what was your song? At last. Okay. What was your song? You had a couple. Cherish. Do you know what Lindsay's song was? You're not singing this you say. It. Do you remember what your song was? No. It, anybody else? Huh? Multiple ones? Anybody here? Do you guys have a song? You guys don't have a song? No. Did you guys have a song? What's that? Your Your love has lifted me higher? Oh, that's a good one. And Bells? Okay. So, you know, I mean, that's kind of, you know, you have this song, and then what happens every time that song, you know, you hear that song, it just kind of like reminds you. And so, you know, Basically that, you know, we have radio, we have incredible artists who sing music, and so we, we have our own love song. So this obviously in context of 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 the time frame, this this book was the love song. So it was their affection. So when they're sing when they're when when they're reciting it, that's the, the feeling you got when that song came on the radio and you started thinking about that. When they when they're reading this to each other or they're reciting it. That, that, that whole feeling and the butterflies and the goosebumps and the, ooh, and all that stuff and the googly eyes and all these type of things. And so, so you have a love song, and a lot of times people, you know, some people don't do the traditional wedding march. Some people do. But a lot of times, if they have that love song, when they're walking down the aisle, usually they'll play that song. Anybody here? Did anybody here do that? Anybody here play their, their song during their wedding? Nope so nobody did that okay <laughs> all right it's fine it's all good i'll be doing a uh performing a wedding next weekend and they have their love song they'll be yeah so so i know that that happens so so this okay so let's continue on here so so the verse that that uh, we picked out here in in verse 15 it says catch for us the foxes the little foxes that ruin the vineyard our vineyards are in full bloom. So, 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 you know, I kind of look at it like this, you know, this verse is giving us a warning. And so if we don't keep our vineyard up, meaning, you know, this, all of this uh, obviously is symbolic. The, the vineyard represents our relationship, our personal relationship with God, that if we don't keep our vineyard up, if we're not, if we're not keeping those things away from our relationship with God, then we're not going to produce the fruit that God wants us to produce. And maybe the reason our vineyard is not getting proper maintenance is because we're allowing the enemy to come in. Has anyone here ever seen a fox out in real life? Okay. So a lot of times we, you know, how many of us have ever heard you know the book of peter you know watch out for the enemy what he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour so so when you you know we see okay there's this picture of of the enemy and he's this big huge monstrosity and he's going to pounce on us and we kind of get that picture but there's also another picture of the enemy that maybe we don't we don't always picture and that's you know i kind of just picture this fox uh, you know that that he comes in like kind of like In a sneaky way. And so the only fox in my generation that I could think of that's any that's of any value to us would be of Dora the Explorer or Swiper the Fox. And so so if you've ever watched Dora Explorer, if you haven't, you know, just for a moment, I'm gonna explain it to you. (laughs) So Dora. She has right a map, and she usually has a destination, and she usually has something that she's trying to accomplish. Every show, correct? And then you have this little f- fox named Swiper. Look at your neighbor say Swiper. And what does Swiper try to do? Yes, yeah, right. Swiper is trying to steal her stuff. Swiper is trying to sneak around and, and and steal her stuff. But what she says something to the fox. That, and for some reason, I don't know why, he listens to her. And he goes, oh, man, what does Dora say to Swiper the Fox? Swiper, no swiping. I mean, who would have thought? You just tell the fox, don't take my stuff. And the fox is like, oh, man, and just turns around and goes. But I think, that's, I think that's a kind of a cool little picture, even though it's a cartoon. Because, friends, do you know the authority that you have in Jesus? Do you know the authority that comes from your mouth? See, when we are in Christ, we're talking about abiding. We're talking, and, and to abide, it says, you know, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. So, friends, there's times when the enemy attacks like a roaring lion meaning it's very obvi- it's very evident it's very obvious okay if you're if you're dealing with depression if you're dealing with oppression it's obvious the enemy's attacking you but sometimes we're attacked in a more cunning way in a more sly situational way and so we need to recognize and so the fox is a rather particular animal in that it's silent and solitary Okay, it has an incredible sense of sight, smell, and hearing. It exhibits tremendous cleverness in going after its prey. The fox is a very cunning, devious, uh, very cunning and devious, capable of misleading its pursuers with utmost skill. The fox has always been considered a symbol of slyness, cunning, craftiness, mischief. So, when you watch Dora the Explorer, did did, did Swiper, did he just like jump on the scene and be like, give me, no, it was always like, he's always like hiding behind a bush, right, he's always like sneaking up, the, and so friends, understand there are times when the enemy may come in and the attack is very evident, and we're like, Roar, like, whoa, the devil, I see you, get out of here, and there's other times where we're busy, we're, we're, we're trying to go someplace, we're trying to do something, and yet the enemy is there in the shadows just kind of sneaking around, but, friends, if you know your authority that you have in Christ, you can look at the devil when he's trying to attack you as a fox, and you can tell him, devil, no swiping. <laughs> Satan, no swiping. Look, Go ahead and look at your neighbor and say, Satan, no swiping. <laughs> Do you know the authority that you have in Christ? Right? You can speak. You can, the Bible says that if we submit Then to God, resists the devil, he will flee. So when you submit to God, when you resist the devil, you tell him, nope, you can't have this. The devil says, oh, man, and then he has to put his tail in between his legs, and he has to go on about his business. Swiper, no swiping. So this is the thing they're talking about in, in the book of Solomon. They're talking about these foxes that are coming into the vineyards, because the vineyards in full bloom and so it's like so it's like the vineyard's producing fruit maybe your relationship with God you're really seeing fruit you're really seeing God do some things in your life i mean i mean maybe your your faith has never been as as strong as it's as as it is right now perhaps there's you know some things where you're really seeing God produce fruit in your life and so what happens in the vineyards is when it's in full b- bloom is when the foxes are trying to come in and steal And so is, are, there, are there foxes trying to come in that would keep you from producing fruit? Are there little foxes that are keeping us from intimacy with God? Are there little foxes that are trying to destroy our personal relationship with him? So the question I ask myself and you can ask yourself today is what are the little foxes in our life? Are there little things in our life that we are justifying? Are there little things that we kind of let slide by, but yet they're they're the things that can actually, really, detrimentally cause us to destroy a relationship with God? Do we allow lying? Do we allow gossip, cheating, pornography? Are there? Do is there an addiction that we have that that nobody really knows about? Is it you know? I mean. Ah, uh, you know, I go to church, but I'm not really cultivating my relationship with God. You know, we need to maintain our vineyard. Look at your neighbor saying, we need to maintain our vineyard. We need to maintain our vineyard. Which means that the little things where, where the enemy would try to sneak in or, or sly in his little lies, or, or, or his little, oh, that's okay, or, or no, you can, you know, get away with this, whatever that might be, whatever, if it's a sin issue, if it's a mindset, if it's a way that we think, That would try to keep us from producing fruit. We need to catch that thing. We need to snatch that thing. We need to snatch that fox. You need to tell us, swipe or no swiping. Friends, Jesus is the true vine, is he not? Apart from him, the Bible says that we cannot bear fruit, right? Fruit comes from intimacy with God. John chapter 15, verse 16 says this it says, You did not choose me. But I chose you, thank you, Lord, and appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you may ask in my name, the Father will give you. So our job is to bear fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, that we start seeing God working through our lives. And the thing is, is friends, if we don't catch those foxes, the enemy will want to swipe your fruit away. If we're not staying in in intimacy with God, you will find your your patience starting being swiped away. You'll find your peace starting to be swiped away. You'll find your love, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. You'll find your love for people, your love starting to be swiped away. I like that. I'm going to just keep using the word swipe just because it's so much fun. Are you letting foxes swipe away your fruit? So in the very next verse, in verse 16 of Song of Solomon chapter 2, he says this, he says, My he says, My lover is mine and I am his. So first he's talking about, he's talking about us watching for those foxes because they're trying to they're trying to go into the vineyard and, and snatch away the fruit. But if we can catch those foxes, if we can stop those things then friends, then then the fruit of also our relationship with God will be intact. Where he will say, I, my lover is mine and I am his. So let's expose three little foxes that keep us from bearing fruit. You ready? Three little, three little foxes, not three little pigs. Three little foxes that keep us from bearing fruit. Here we go, number one. This could be something, maybe it's a little fox in your life. It's a little fox because it's a little white lie. Anybody here know what a little white lie is? Anybody here know what it is? What's the difference between a little white lie and a big fat white lie? I don't know. It's a lie. I think there's sometimes we justify not telling the truth or not displaying truth. And then we call it a little white lie. I believe personally, I believe that there's, there's one time justifiably where I think we could lie and get away with it. And that is if, if your lie is saving somebody else's life. Like if you're like a CIA or something like that and they're torturing you and you're, you're, you're telling them, I do not know the information that you're asking me and I really do know it. I believe that's like the one time where, where because you're lying – where where you're actually it's actually producing fruit because you're saving people's lives by you not opening up your mouth. Other than that, I think I think all the other lies are, you know, it just they're just it is what it is. <laughs> little white lies. Anybody here anybody here tell little white lies? Kids tell little white lies. Do you tell little white lies to kids? <laughs> Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22 says this. It says, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. What? Oh, my goodness. But those who act faithfully are his delight. I don't know about you. I want to be his delight. I want the Lord to, to, I want to be his delight. But lying, having a lying lips are an abomination. Do you know this is what this Bible says? Oh, Lord, help us. Revelation 21, verse 8. They used to sing this song. I don't know if they taught this in kids' church. I don't know. I heard this 20 years of ministry. I don't know who made this up. It's kind of funny and it's kind of stupid at the same time. So have you ever heard this? Revelation, Revelation, 21-8, 8 Liars go to hell. Liars go to hell. Burn, burn, burn. Burn, burn, burn. You ever hear that? Isn't that so bad? So stupid. And they sing it, obviously, in, fair, in the Farajaka thing. This is so bad. It's so bad. I don't even know who came up with this stuff. People, I know. I know. What? (laughs) Who's teaching your kids this? They're going around. Liars go to hell. Burn, burn, burn. What the heck? Come on. Something wrong with that. (laughs) Go to sleep now. (laughs) Petting your child. Good night. (laughs) It's bad. It's funny. But yet there's truth in that because Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, it talks about these people that will not inherit the kingdom of God. It talks about those who practice magic arts. It talks about, you know, all these different people. And then it says, and liars. It says they will not have part in the kingdom of God. So as I ask myself, you can ask yourself, are you a person of truth or are you a person of deception? Hopefully you're a man of truth. Hopefully you're a woman of truth. So... In John chapter 8 verse 44 the Bible says that the enemy the devil is the father of lies so you can either speak his language or you can speak God's language so it's like you know maybe some examples are you know you know perhaps you know i don't know perhaps we you know we tell a little fib about something and then have you ever have you ever found yourself telling a little fib and then it Blowing out of proportion, and you like having to cover your track about this, the little fib that you told, and then, then you have to like cover it there, and then cover it here, and then you find out. Then this little white light turns into this big, humongous deception. Anybody here ever have that? Only me. Okay, good. I'm preaching to myself. <laughs> and that's the problem with with deception is it starts off small. It doesn't seem insignificant. It doesn't seem like it's causing any problems, but then when it actually blows out, you realize that it could very well potentially hurt people or cause yourself a lot of problems. So don't get tangled up in little white lies. I don't know whoever named little white lies, but I don't know. I think, I don't think lies are little or white. They're just ugly. Number two, so this is another maybe perhaps a little fox that would keep us from bearing fruit, and that is a little bit of laziness. A little bit of laziness. Okay, we talked about inviting in Christ, and one of those things are rest. I believe we as as followers of Christ, we need to we need to learn how to rest. There's nothing wrong with you taking some time, and you know, spending some time, downtime, Netflix binging, however you do, where you're just gotta unplug for a moment. There's okay, that's taking a break, but laziness is something where. When we choose not to do something, when we know we're supposed to do it, and so friends, laziness will keep up keep us from living up to our full potential. And the and the Bible talks about laziness. You know, the the thing that scares me is when uh, Jesus is telling the parable of the servant and the talents. And so you've got the and we all, if you haven't read it, you can go back and read it. And so he tells. He tells the one who took his talent and buried it when he, when he brought it back to his master, he said, you wicked and lazy servant. I believe those are two things that we want to absolutely stay away from. We don't want to be wicked and we don't want to be lazy. We want to be, as he told the other servants, good and faithful. Amen? Amen? So, you can't be good of your own. Your goodness comes from Christ. You stand connected with Him and being faithful by you just continuing moving on and doing what God has called you to do. So, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4 talks about laziness. It says, Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6 says, Go to Ant, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. Ants are one of the hardest workers in, 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 the, in nature. I mean, they're just, they never stop working. Okay, you shouldn't do that because you'll kill yourself. So, but the fact that they work so diligently, uh, we can learn something from an ant. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. This is one of my verses, and this is what I cling to. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. Is one of the things that that I cling on to when I'm doing something because first, if I'm presenting something or if I'm doing something for somebody, I want to I want to do it with a spirit of excellence because they deserve quality work, correct? And secondly, when I'm doing it for them, I look at it as I'm doing it as unto God, because that's just how the that's just how it rolls. And if we look at it like that, then it'll make us want to give our best instead of our leftovers or just kind of like, we know we can do better, but we're just trying to finish it up. And how many of us know that idle hands are the devil's workshop? That's not a Bible verse or a proverb, but it's a good saying, which means that if we find ourselves doing nothing, man, the enemy, man, he can really, really get to you. And we see this happen when uh, David was supposed to go out. It says, in the season when kings went to war, And what is he doing? He's standing outside his balcony, and he sees Bathsheba, and then he sins with Bathsheba. What what would we call that? That was basically idle hands. Like, he's supposed to be doing something, and he decided not to do it. And then finally, number three, friends. So three little foxes that keep us from bearing fruit. Number one, little white lies. Number two, a little bit of laziness. And then number three, a little lukewarm living. (laughs) Lukewarm living. What is that? Revelation chapter 3, verse... 15 and 16 Jesus says this he says I know your works you are neither hot nor cold or you are neither cold nor hot would that you would either cold or hot so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold I will spit you out of my mouth so basically Jesus is saying hey man let's let's not live on the fence let's not have our relationship be on the fence where it's like, you know, I want I want to do this, but yet I want to serve Jesus at the same time. He says, "Man, choose. Just go ahead. Either go all out and just love me, or just go on out and just do your thing." Anybody, anybody here uh, like a, a lukewarm marriage? I mean, that's what I would equate it to, you know, where maybe maybe you're their spouse Monday through Friday, but then they're somebody else's spouse Saturday and Sunday. I mean, what kind of what kind of marriage relationship is that <laughs> you know maybe that maybe that works for the mormons but it doesn't work for the body of christ maybe that works for somebody else maybe that works for people that that aren't committed to christ but see the bible says that we are to be husband of one wife you know you know be of one person he created adam and eve not adam and eve and Yvette and ivana and <laughs> so in the same way because the whole affection thing, Jesus is like, hey man, love me with everything, or man, just you know, just go do your thing. He said, "I wish that you were one or the other." Another translation says, "I wish you would just make up your mind." God wants us to have a made-up mind. Look at your neighbor say, "Have a made-up mind." See, I can be, I can be. Well, this is what's so funny. This drives my wife nuts. I'll go to Chick Fil A and I'm standing there, and I'm staring at the food that I always know what, I already know what it is, but but I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, and I'm taking a moment, and I'm just like, because sometimes I'm just weighing my options. Sometimes I'm being a little bit fickle. Usually I know what I want, but usually I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll try something else, but I don't really want to try that. Maybe, you know what, and then I usually just order the same thing I always order every time. That's not having a real made-up mind. I'll tell you what really gets me is, like, if you go to a place that you don't really go to all that often, like, say, Arby's or something, and you're like, oh, do I want the beef and cheddar? Oh, do I want the spicy chicken? So then I'm really going to be there for, for a moment. My wife is like, she knows what she wants. She's like, okay, give me this, give me that. She already knows. And I'm like, and she makes fun of me. She's like, honey, every time you're like, uh, <laughs> So have a made-up mind. I need to have a made-up mind when I'm ordering at a restaurant. Yeah, that's right. It's like, this guy's taking forever. Look at him. <laughs> uh... So have a made-up mind. Have a made-up mind about your faith. Have a made-up mind about your relationship with God. Have a made-up mind saying this is where I'm gonna be, and I'm not gonna waver. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go that route. So this letter uh, in the Church of Laodicea is uh, probably one of the harshest letters that you find happening in the Book of Revelation. I mean, I mean, who wants to be spit out of Jesus' mouth? That's just, I mean, has anyone here ever been spat on? You know, that's probably, I would believe, one of the most disrespectful things that you can do to a person is to spit on them. Right? Has anyone here ever spit on somebody? No. <laughs> we got one hand to the back like yeah, I did <laughs> you know that's a that's a sign of disrespect uh in uh, I know in some cultures if they like if you spit on the ground at them that's a sign of you disrespecting them and so it's almost like Jesus like like spitting you out it's like oh you want to disrespect me blah I' just spit you out again I believe it's one of the harshest things that Jesus says and when you're looking when he's when he's talking to all the different churches and so but Jesus makes it very clear that you know that we have to either go all in for him or let's not go all in And so then in Revelation chapter 3 verse 15 he makes it clear he talks about this church that's dead as he's continuing on here and he says that they see themselves as rich and self-sufficient, but really the, the Lord sees them. See, sometimes we look at things from a perspective by seeing them with a the natural eye, and we think it's all good. You might look at somebody's life, and you might see them having all these things, and you're like, man, they've got it good, not realizing the turmoil that's really going on in their life. And then you might look at a person, and you may see them, and you're like, man, they don't have anything. It seems like they're struggling all the time, and they're always having difficulty, but yet they've got the peace of Christ, And so we judge from external perspective. And so Jesus is looking at this church and he's saying, you say that you're rich and you've got everything you need. But when I see you, I see you as a person that's wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. (laughs) How, How could that happen? Because this is the same church he's talking about that are living lukewarm. Lukewarm, having a lukewarm faith. Is having a hypocritical faith, and the the hard thing is, is that you know what? As a follower of Christ, we can we can be the biggest pretenders. We can. It's 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 scary to 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 think that there are people that are saying one thing with their lips and acting one th- one way but yet living a whole different other way. See, I've always been the type, I'm like, what you see is what you get. <laughs> I, that's how I live, that's how I, that's how I like it, you know. I mean, not the putting on the fake face and all that other stuff. Man, forget all that stuff. Just, man, just go somewhere with all the fakeness. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, go somewhere with the fakeness. <laughs> okay, hopefully they, they're not fake. I'm just saying that to be fun. I believe we live in a generation today that's tired of the fakeness, is tired of all the hypocrisy, and all the all the the pious, you know, living and the and the saying one thing and doing another. And I I believe the Lord is tired of it too. I, I think He's like all or none, baby, all or none, friends. And so the Bible says that by their fruit we will recognize them. Matthew chapter seven verse sixteen and seventeen. It says, "By their fruit we will recognize them. Every tree that bears good fruit." Our, uh, here, Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. This will be our last verse, and then we're going to close here. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But if a salt loses its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You know, and I kind of look at, I kind of look at like that in the, the context of what we're talking about. Friends, if, if, if our, if our life is to be salt, if our life is to be, be that, that additive, that, you know, that thing that spices up, you know, the world, if, if we're not, if we don't have that, if, if we're, if we're faking it and, and we're saying we have it, but we're not really having that, then friends, then, the, then really, we're just deceiving ourselves. You know, I think we're, we live in a we live in a time and an age where, where people are tired of seeing fake Christianity, and the reason, the only reason that I would truly believe why people fake it, is because they really haven't experienced God really have an experience because I don't know how you can experience God and then walk away and 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 turn your heart would you stand your feet with me today real quick. There's this guy, his name's KB, he's got a song, it's called Zoned Out, and, and and there's this part of the verse that, man, I just keep thinking about it, because, because I believe what he's saying in this verse is, is just so powerful, and it's, and it's right on. And this is what he says. He says, I've seen the Lord, the same I'll never be. Some say they've seen the Lord, but live all casually. I don't know what you saw, but the Lord ain't what you've seen. Once you really see the Lord, you're obsessed with what you see. And that's the truth. When you really have a divine encounter with God, you're changed forever. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, God. I believe that, Father, that you want to encounter us I believe you want us to abide in you and your words abide in us. And, Lord, we don't want to allow, God, foxes to come in and snatch away the fruit that you want to bear in our life. So, Father, if we find ourselves doing any of these things, God, if we find ourselves being lazy, if we find ourselves, God, slipping lies in from time to time, God, if we find ourselves living a lukewarm life, Right here where you're at, right where you stand, just make an altar before the Lord. Just confess that before him. And just tell him say, "Lord, I'm 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 done. I'm I want the words of my mouth to be pleasing to you. God, I don't want to speak the devil's language. I don't want to lie anymore. God, I don't want to I want to be deceitful. I don't want to deceive others and deceive myself. God, I don't want to be lazy. Lord, I know that there's things that God I sense in my heart that supposed to do, but yet I just, sometimes I just don't feel like it. I I don't want to get out of my comfort zone. Lord, would you, God, put a fire in me so that I would not be that wicked, lazy servant taking the thing you've given me, taking my treasure and my talent and bearing them, but God, actually using them for people and for your kingdom so that lives would be changed, God, because I believe that I am called to add value to people's lives. Maybe maybe I've been living lukewarmly, kind of loving Jesus, but then yet still there's just so many things that the world has a hold of me. The Bible talks about that, that we can't love God and love the world too. It's just we can't serve two masters. And I've been finding myself in this, just in this rut of going back and forth and back and forth. And God, I want to have a made up mind. God, I want to sell out. I wanna love you. God, I wanna be hot. I don't wanna be cold. And so God, today I choose. God, I know know it's gonna be a rough walk for me to fully engage my relationship and my life to you, but God, I'm choosing to do that, I choose to do that today. If any of those things are you, just thank you, just thank you for making those decrees to the Lord today, making those commitments, just making that covenant with him today saying, God, I choose to be a man or woman of truth. God, I choose to be, God, a man or woman of action. And God, I choose to be a man or a woman that's fully committed to my God. And friends, understand this. We can't do this by our own merit, by our own strength. It's only through fully surrendering and letting the grace of the Lord carry you into obedience You make the the commitment and allow allow him to empower you to say yes. So, Lord, we just thank you, God. We thank you for those that are today that are making a made-up mind. No longer wavering like me at the drive-in. But knowing that we're going to go forward. Knowing that we're going to love you with everything. Knowing that we're going to walk in truth. And, Father, again, we just say, God, we love you. You are so amazing. Thank you for empowering us to say yes to you the rest of this week. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Friends, God bless you. Thank you for joining with us today. If you have any special prayer requests or prayer needs at this time, man, I'd love to pray for you. So before you slip on out, make sure you come on up. I'll join with you in prayer over whatever that might be. Hang out for, for a minute. We, we do have... We do have this space for a little bit longer than we did have the school. So, hey, catch up with some people. Make some friends. Enjoy your Labor Day weekend. If you can, join us over at the other location as we celebrate uh, Pastor Don and Ben. Uh, They're...